coming up. And so Pete, Paul says he was very wrong. And he says, I confronted him to a face. And then verse 14 tells us that he did it in front of all the others. Why? Because Peter refused to eat with them in front of all the others. He put Pete on blast. He put Pete <laughs> on blast. He put Pete on blast. And this is how hypocritical faith needs to be addressed. Because again, as I said earlier, it's it, it has so much power to do so much harm. So Paul addressed him in front of everybody because he he exhibited his hypocritical faith in front of everybody. Hello, and thank you for joining us on One by One, the podcast ministry of Quench Life Christian Fellowship. It is extremely important for followers of Jesus Christ to know how to live out our faith, especially in midst of strong spiritual emotional, intellectual, and habitual forces that try to keep us from doing it successfully. Join Pastor Rob and his wife Carolyn as they unpack some key and helpful principles from Apostle Paul's message to the churches in Galatia. Here's the third message in the series, Hypocritical Faith, Part 1. So, let's get into um, um, this message for today. The subtopic for today is hypocritical faith, hypocritical faith. Um, I trust that your hearts are open as we um, start to get into the word, into the word. So on your outline, write this down. What is hypocrisy? What is hypocrisy? Um, Dictionary.com gives us a few definitions. I got a couple here for us to read just to make sure we're um, thinking the same way and get us on the same page here. The first definition is a pretense of having a virtuous character, moral or religious beliefs or principles, etc., that one does not really possess. Mm -hmm. Hey, it's, it's a pretense having a virtuous character, moral, religious beliefs, or principles, et cetera, that one really does not possess. And the second definition is a pretense of having some desirable or publicly approved attitude. You notice in both definitions, the word pretense is there. And so I just want us to be clear on what hypocrisy is. Now, I want to say this from the onset, from the onset. We're going to be looking at some biblical circumstances here. And I want to just declare it right now that none of us, I mean, well, that all of us, mm. every single one of us, to some extent, demonstrate hypocrisy. Mm -hmm. I know that might not feel good. I, I know. Um, you don't want to consider yourself as a hypocrite or being hypocritical. Um, but all of us, to some extent, demonstrate hypocrisy. And here's why. All of us practice below our principles. Mm. Okay. Every single one of us. In other words, none of us always do 
what we believe is right to do in principle. The principles that we ascribe to, the principles that we believe, we don't always uphold them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's why our practice, every single one of us, practice is below our principles. And in those moments, we are we are being hypocritical in our actions, thoughts, beliefs, and words. Mm -hmm. uh, we all sin and fall short. And for instance, we all believe that what God says in his Bible we should do right. is what we should do. Right. But the truth, the truth is we don't always do <laughs> what we even believe we yeah. should do. And in those moments, we are not practicing what we are preaching. Mm. So we all, to some extent, demonstrate hypocritical tendencies. The problem, well, the goal is, is that we want to, as we grow closer to Christ, that the moments, the, the moments of those things happening decline. And the the length of time that we stay in that hypocritical state mm -hmm. <laughs> shortens mm -hmm. and that we just get better at living closer to what we we declare and we believe. And that's the, the fullness of God's word. Uh, we believe God's word is true and right. And, but we don't always uphold it. So but we want to get better at it. That's why we're here today. That's why we're in service. That's why we do the things we do. We read our Bibles. We study. We pray. We fast and whatever else you do to get closer to God and be more like Christ is designed. We do that because we want to be better. So as we walk through the lesson today, um, understand that. And we're not going to um, get down on our biblical characters too much because we'll be we have to take a look at ourselves. And so, um, but Paul had a, a strong message, a strong message to give to the churches in Galatia regarding hypocritical faith. And so um, let's get into that. Uh, B, write this down. Some truths about hypocritical faith. Some truths about hypocritical faith. So I want to give you uh, five truths about it um, that comes out of Paul's letter. Number one, it should be confronted in the context it's displayed. Hypocritical faith should be confronted in the context it's displayed. And it should be confronted not passively. It shouldn't be passive aggression, a, a passive aggression type of confront confrontation. Okay. Um, and the reason that you don't want to uh, confront it passively is because it can do a lot of harm. Mm -hmm. Hypocritical faith can do a lot of harm, which we will talk about later. So Galatians 2, 11, 12 says this and 14, it says, but when Peter came to Antioch, this is Paul talking, when Peter came to Antioch, I had to oppose him to his face for what he did was very wrong. I want to pause on that for a moment. This is this is very significant, very significant. Remember, um, last week we, we talked about how Paul said that when the gospel that he preached, how he didn't go to any man, it didn't come from any man. Um, he said, he said, I didn't even go and 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 
and meet with the other apostles. And so Peter is one of the the, um, leaders of the apostles. So when Paul says he confronted Peter as a leader, one of the most influential followers of Christ, that's a big deal. You're talking about uh, speaking, you know, the thing that's going around now, speaking truth to power Mm -hmm. uh, from a a Christian perspective and uh, the the followers of Christ. uh, Paul was speaking truth to power within the church. He said, I can I opposed him to his face. (laughs) He didn't go talking about him behind his back. I told told him to his face because he was very wrong. Mm -hmm. He said he was very wrong. Amen. And then verse 12 goes on to read, when he first arrived, he ate with the Gentiles, the Gentile believers. So he's given us why he was so wrong and why he confronted him to his face. When he first arrived, he ate with the Gentile believers who were not circumcised. But afterward, when some friends from friends of James came, Peter wouldn't eat with the Gentiles anymore. In verse 14, when I saw that they were not following the truth of the gospel message, I said to Peter in front of all the others, look at what happened here. Paul says uh, Peter was very wrong. He was hanging out, eating with the Gentile believers. Gentiles are just anyone who's not Jew. Mm -hmm. You and I biblically are Gentiles because we're not Jewish. Mm. Um, At this time, it was mainly speaking to um, Greek, Greek folk. Um, but any anyone who's not Jewish is Gentile. And Paul said Peter was eating with them. They were believers. He was hanging out with them. There was no problem. But then some of these other folks came who were Jewish and who had been circumcised, mm-hmm. who were who had followed the, the law with circumcision. Then Peter decided he wasn't going to eat with them anymore. Mm-hmm. Think about that. Think about that. And so. Paul says he was very wrong. And he says, I confronted him to a face. And then verse 14 tells us Mm -hmm. that he did it in front of all the others. Why? Because Peter refused to eat with them in front of all the others. He put Pete on blast. He put Pete (laughs) on blast. He put Pete on blast. And this is how hypocritical faith needs to be addressed. Because, again, as I said earlier, it's it, it has so much power to do so much harm. Yeah. So Paul addressed him in front of everybody because he he exhibited his hypocritical faith in front of everybody. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to Paul was wanted to, to be clear that this was clear hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. And he didn't want to be passive about it mm-hmm. and he he wanted to um come to the aid of all those who had witnessed it to minimize the damage of Peter's actions because he was an influential leader. So he had to address him to his face in front of everybody to, to minimize the damage, to do damage control. Yeah. And so he did that. And he's mm-hmm. telling the Galatians, the Galatians, the churches in Galatians that he did that. And this is how one thing we need to take away from it, that hypocritical faith needs to be, needs to be confronted. Yeah. You know, when I was um, 12 years old, I played uh, Pop Warner football and uh, I played for the San Leandro Crusaders. And then uh, we had a game 
we had a game coming up against the Oakland Dynamites. Hmm. And so uh, the San Diego Crusaders was a majority white team. It probably was about, I don't know, maybe eight or nine black kids on the team, somewhere around there. And everyone else was white or some other ethnicity, mainly white. The Oakland Dynamites was all black, (laughs) was all black. And I grew up in Oakland. So they were from my home where I live. You know, you guys know San Leandro was right next door to Oakland. And I'm playing on San Leandro's team. And I'm one of the few blacks. And we got a game against the Oakland Dynamites, who was all black. And we were going to uh, we went to go scout them out the week before our game with them because they were playing this other team. And so several players from our team, I don't know, it probably was at least maybe a couple dozen of our team. So you went to scout them out. That means you went to watch. We them went play. to we went to watch. That's, that's, right. that's right, dear. We mm-hmm. went to we went to watch them play uh, the week before we were scheduled to play them. Mm. Um, I, I don't know. It was about maybe 20, 25 of my me and my. Um, teammates along with our coaches and so we go to their home field Uh, we got on our crusader jerseys we wanted them to know we was here (laughs) and this was going to be a big it was a rival game we were rivalries and they they were playing good football we were playing good football it was going to be a great game and so we show up at their home field in our jerseys and I I had feelings I had some mixed feelings about all of this entering into it because I was going to my hometown to watch and get prepared to play a team who looked like me. I'm on a team who mostly don't look like me. And it was a dilemma to some extent. It was a, you know, and I noticed, I noticed some of my non-black teammates was a little nervous mm-hmm. <laughs> about going to Oakland. I noticed that. And quite frankly, I was a little nervous about showing up with my white team in my black city. And um, but I, I processed all of this. And one of the conclusions I came to was that my teammates, particularly my white teammates, really needed me to show them that I had an affinity with them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In fact, they needed it to to calm their fears. Mm-hmm. I had to do some things to help them understand that they don't have to be afraid that uh, I'm not going to turn on you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're teammates and we're, yeah. we're, we're going here to do our due diligence and take care of business so we can get ready for the game. And so I did some things, you know, I, I might have you know, just talked to them was jovial. I just did something to mm-hmm. calm their fears and mm-hmm. and make sure we all sat together and all that. And I, I never forget we were we were sitting in the stands, and we like I said we had on our jersey, so everybody knew who we were. And uh, some people a couple times walked by, and they they started barking out, "Crusaders gonna die next week." <laughs> they said, "Crusaders gonna die next week," you know, because they knew we was coming to play them. And we we're going to play them on their home field, too. And 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 um, and so when that happened, I looked over at my teammates, you know, and, uh, you know, I could see them getting a little antsy. And they're really going to die. <laughs> <laughs> and um, but anyway, I had to uh, do some things to relax them and calm their fears. 
and let them know that um, I was with them. We were together. Amen. And here in this instance in the in the, the story, <laughs> Peter, who once was in relationship and eating with the Gentiles, he left them hanging. And just think about how they must have felt when a leader of the church abandoned them because the other Jewish believers showed up. Think about how they must have felt. The inadequacy they may have felt. The hurt they may have felt. And in fact, here, as Paul told Peter, he was very wrong on several levels, but mainly that he did not represent faith in Christ Jesus, the gospel well did not represent the gospel well. He gave the impression that the gospel was tied to being Jewish, not that it was just tied to having faith in Christ Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what he portrayed to everyone watching, Mm -hmm. that his affinity was more to his nationality than it was to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Paul said he was very wrong. What's Darryl, that, dear? Daryl said, but did you win, though? <laughs> <laughs> Left us hanging, pal. Well, well let, me, let, me, let me say this. Uh, yes, we, we won the game that next week, and yours truly got a pick six. <laughs> pick six, now tell, baby. tell the rest of everybody. Pick six. Understand. Pick six. Now, I, I, at the time, this was my first mm-hmm. year playing, so I wasn't, I didn't start, so we was we were handling them really, really well. So I got I got into the game later in the in the second half. And um they they dropped back to pass the ball. I was playing left corner, I think, at the time. And the quarterback threw it and I was like, oh no, no, no. This this mine right here. <laughs> and I I uh I picked that baby off and ran down the sideline for a touchdown. And I think we won 25 to Oh, 25, nothing, or it was something. We beat them, beat them pretty badly, double digits. It was, we handled them. Mm. <laughs> um, wow. And um, just to let you know. And so um, you got me all off, Durham. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so uh, uh, Peter, Peter let Paul know that he was very wrong in this. And, and, um, and he did that ag- aggressively. Mm-hmm. All right. And so it, it, it tells some more. We want to dive into this too even more. So number two, the second truth about hypocritical faith is this. It can be driven by fear. It can be driven by fear. Mm-hmm. Galatians 2.12 um, says, it goes on to say, when, when he first arrived, he's talking about Peter again. Uh, When he first arrived, he ate with the Gentile believers who were not circumcised. But afterward, when some friends of James came, Peter wouldn't eat with the Gentiles anymore. He was afraid of criticism from these people who insisted on the necessity of circumcision. Hmm. So we see here that Peter's um, hypocritical faith was driven by fear. Fear. Yeah. He was afraid that the Jewish believers who believed that you needed to be circumcised in order to be a follower of Christ would criticize him. Mm-hmm. 
That's what he was afraid of. This is very significant. And I'm we're gonna I'm gonna talk more about this on the next point so that you can really get the the depth of this action that Peter took. And so um Peter succumbed to peer pressure. Yeah. Basically, that's what happened to him. Yeah. I want to tell you another 12-year-old story <laughs> of my life. I was in the seventh grade. So as you at the time, you know, seventh grade was uh, junior high. So sixth grade when I grew up was still elementary. And so in the seventh grade, this was our first time having, you know, six periods, you know, having multiple classes to go to. We had, yeah. had never done that before. So when seventh grade started, it, it so happened that when I went to my first period class, there was this guy in there. I went to my second period class. He was there. Went to my third period class. He was there. Mm-hmm. Fourth period class. He was there. Went to my fifth period class. He was there. And I went to my sixth period class. Guess what? You got it. He was we there. All your classes. We had all the same <laughs> classes. And I had never met him before. And so quite quite naturally, we started walking the class together. And then in walking to class together, we developed a friendship. And so we was together all day, every day. Mm-hmm. And and I liked the guy. You know, we we were we 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 meshed well. And um we had great conversation. We was able to talk about our schoolwork together. It was just turning out to be a wonderful relationship. But uh, did mm-hmm. I tell you this was seventh grade? <laughs> And we're 12 years old. You remember what seventh grade was like when you was 12, 13 years old? Yeah. You remember how you used to act and how your friends used to act? Peer pressure. Peer pressure would yeah. increase. And so guess what happened? Other guys start saying, oh, there they go again. Mm-hmm. They together again. Oh, there's Rob. Oh, there he is, too. <laughs> they start talking. I mean, they start talking out loud. It was like. Oh, I, I bet they said, oh, "Go with, watch, watch, watch." We're gonna see, we're gonna see them coming again. Watch, <laughs> and then they see us go. Yep, then they just bust out laughing at us because yeah. we was together all the time. Yeah, the same classes. We I mean, were together because we had the same classes, and then we turned out to like each other. Mm-hmm. But they started talking. They started making innuendos that we was, you know, a little different. Mm-hmm. I, I must say. Mm-hmm. And for me, I had enough. <laughs> Dan saying no homo. <laughs> no. Yeah, we, we talked about that in, our, in the film this morning in the mentorship. It was talking about the, our culture and how people say those kinds of yeah. things. And, I, you know, I wanted to stay away from that because I didn't want to seem funny here. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a reality. Yeah. And um, and we, we I'm, I'm talking now, you know, um, the 70s. So. Um, life was different in our country. And so our friends started making innuendos about us Mm -hmm. and making it public. For me, it didn't bother me because I I knew who I was. And I appreciated my my newfound friend. Mm -hmm. But he couldn't deal with it. Mm -hmm. He couldn't deal with it. 
And so I started looking for him after class so we can walk together. And he was gone. I mean, nowhere in sight. He'd taken off. And then it was, it was a few times I called him and he just ignored me. Just kept walking. He didn't want to be seen with me anymore. I'm 12. <laughs> that hurt my feelings pretty badly. And he was 12. And he was 12. <laughs> and he was 12. He didn't know any better. He didn't know any better. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not telling you this story to put indict him or put blame on him. I'm just telling you so they because it, it pertains to what we're talking about today. And it, it hurt me badly, you know. Um, and, you know, it also hampered, you know, my education to some extent because we were we were studying together and able to talk about the lesson plans together and really build each other up um, not only as boys but also as students and he, he was gone and um, our relationship never got back to that never got back even though we continued through junior high and then even up in high school together but we never got back to where we were it, it wasn't the same and so I, I just want to tell you that story because fear, peer pressure yeah. is powerful and it can it can mess some stuff up. It can do some stuff. You've been listening to One by One. Here's a personal message from Pastor Robert. You may have never said yes to Jesus Christ. Do you know that God loved you so much that he sent his son to die for your sin. If you're ready to say yes to the love that God showed, pray this prayer. Lord God, I admit that I've sinned against you. I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sin. And I commit my life to you. I ask that you come into my life, come into my heart, take control, Transform me into the character of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want to be the first to welcome you to the family of God. And I want to encourage you to find a church where you can learn more about Jesus, draw closer to God and to other believers. God bless you. To learn more about Quench Life Christian Fellowship, visit quenchlife.org. You can follow us on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and connect with us on LinkedIn. Also, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at quenchlifecf to receive regular words of encouragement and ministry updates. Join us next time. The literal action of God moving amongst people, he witnessed it on top of everything else. And he still succumbed to peer pressure, peer pressure and was fearful of the criticism that would come from the circumcised believers. Wow, that's how influential it is. Right, that's how tricky Satan is. That's how tricky Satan is. This is why we have to work double hard not to live with hypocritical faith. It can do a lot of harm. It can undo a whole lot of stuff. Thank you for listening.